Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, August 5th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by Mr. Millie Maker himself, Sugar Shane Caldwell. How you doing tonight, Sugar? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm loving the NBA action. Uh, watched the Houston and Portland game tonight, and they were going at each other all night. Really fast-paced matchup. It kind of had that play playoff atmosphere, so it was a really fun, uh, really exciting game to watch. So I was, I'm loving it. I, I'll tell you, the, the all of the basketball, uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. I mean, the level of play, the playoff atmosphere, the overtime games, uh, you know, Booker hit that shot sandwich between the two defensive players uh, of the year uh, guys in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That was awesome. I mean, it's been fantastic basketball. I mean, it's it's heaven for NBA fans. Uh, I am absolutely loving it. And on top of that, Shane, we are absolutely crushing it at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, I mean, murdering the cash games, cashing like crazy in the GPPs. Uh, we've had a, a bunch of success in the single entries. I mean, it's just been a fantastic start. And when you combine our cash game uh winning percentage from the 23 days that we did NBA prior to the shutdown and then the four days since we've been back, we have bumped ourselves to just under 77% on the winning percentage side in cash games, which I don't think there's anybody in the industry that's flirting with that kind of number. So I'm ecstatic about that. I know our members are happy. And if you haven't had a a chance to, to jump in, I mean, we always talk about the process, you know, watch the the uh, podcast in the morning. Now, we're, you know, we're recording this late evening uh, so that it, it's out super early in the morning. Catch that. And then the games start, you know, one uh, thirty. So, you, you know, you only have the morning. But follow us on Twitter at that time frame so that you can, you know, chime in on any changes, any scratches, anything like that. And then the key mm-hmm. is. Like I say, if you want to join us at DFSCoachTalk.com for a week or month membership, uh, it is the way to go because then you can get into Discord that lasts 30 minutes before lock and also be talking with our pros and get that full FanDuel lineup, which again has been white hot. And then uh, also what we've created, and I think again it's, it's the only one like it, we call it the Coach's Clipboard. And it is a player pool for DraftKings that stays very well within their guidelines. Uh, we certainly respect that. Uh, and it also gives you a highlighted core of five uh, folks in that uh, clipboard of, of uh, player pool. And, you know, so far it's working fantastic. The members love it. It's, uh, you know, helping them build uh, some, uh, some great lineups and have a few contrarian moves on their own. So it's been fantastic, Shane. And, you know, I think we're ready to to really just have an incredible three and a half, four months here of NBA action. And we're seven days a week. So, uh, you know, we don't miss a single slate or a single game. Yeah, definitely. And I think that coach's clipboard is really valuable because in NBA uh, right now with DraftKings, their pricing is really tight and it's really hard to, to identify what are the value plays and which players are actually the best value based on the scoring system and the pricing where FanDuel is a little bit looser in the pricing. So we've still been able to uh, build some really good optimal FanDuel lineups and we're cashing. Um, But to be able to have us do all the research and narrow it down for you on DraftKings for your player pool is really valuable because DraftKings is, is very difficult right now with their very tight pricing. The prices on DraftKings are uh, in most cases, most players are, are, quite a bit higher than FanDuel, even though FanDuel gives you a larger budget, you know, uh, per player right now, which yeah. which tells you how tight their pricing is. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they jacked up the pricing, uh, you know, of today's slate, which had been yesterday's slate uh, of the, even the Brooklyn backup guys who were playing, uh, where FanDuel is not adjusting as much. So that's just an example of why it is valuable to have that. To It's great to have the FanDuel lineup because you just plug and play and you're good to go. But the DraftKings clipboard is also really nice too. It is. And, you know, 
the days of being able to put three studs in and a couple medium price guys and everything, you can't do that. I mean, you're lucky to get two of them. A lot of times you only have to take one super stud and build a medium build for there. But, you know, today, days like today, we're going to identify that stuff. And, you know, we had uh, my first two guys in the lineup today were Garrett Temple and Timothy Lawalu Cabarro from, you know, that depleted Brooklyn team. And they both crushed it. And it did give us a little uh, leeway to be able to put guys like Bam in there and, and uh, you know, Lillard and stuff like that. And, of course, Luca. I mean, let's give a shout out to Luca, dude. I mean, 20 rebounds. And 12 assists with the big points. Oh, my God. 76 on fan, uh, FanDuel. Uh, not bad to, to yeah. build around. But uh, like you said, it's great stuff. We're thrilled that we're being able to provide uh, some really good good lineups and good information. So let's just keep rolling. Uh, uh, before we jump in real quickly, uh, our presenting sponsors for today's podcast are mybookie.ag. It is the place to go for all of your sports wagering and casino action. Go to mybookie.ag or dfscoachtalk.com and put in the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, and you get a 100% match all the way up to a thousand bucks on your first deposit. Can't beat it. And uh, also just for being a listener and using the Coach Talk promo code, you get a $25 free play. And also our friends at TVG.com, it is where the world goes to watch and wager on horse racing. Um, Shane, a little known fact here, did you know that uh, FanDuel and TVG.com are owned by the same uh, uh, group and they are subsidiaries of each other? So there's a great synergy there with us working a lot with FanDuel and TVG. So little known fact, sir, but uh, yeah. And uh, they their offer right now is is ridiculous. It's a $300 risk-free bet. So go to our, our best way to do it. Go to dfscoachhawk.com. Click on the big banner that says $300 risk-free bet TBG. And it's exactly what it says. You put $300 in. If you lose, they give you the $300 back. And it's worth taking a shot to build up a nice little bankroll. So we appreciate uh, mybookie.ag, tvg.com, FanDuel, DraftKings, everybody that's uh, that we're working with. So, all right, we have six games, my man, and uh, what has been extremely successful, and it takes a little patience to get through, but I, I've been going through at the beginning of each podcast the pretty expansive uh, list of player news and injuries and status, and it's been extremely important and really helps uh, when we're building out these lineups. So I'm going to fire through this and, you know, this is where you want to take a note or two or make a mental note. And when Shane and I go through the uh, team by team, as we go through each game, uh, we'll take all of these things into consideration. But here it is, buddy. Mike Muscala, Oklahoma City, out. Jaron Jackson Jr. out for the season with a torn meniscus in yesterday's game. Very uh, disappointing because he was playing great ball. Uh, Patrick McCaw remains out for the Raptors. Did you know that I Patrick McCaw has been in the last on the last I believe five championship teams or six something like that. He's, no, he's like the reigning champion multiple times over because he was with. Golden State and then Toronto and all this. So that's right. That's not a bad gig there. Yeah. No, he's got <laughs> a ring bench, for every finger rings. on his right hand. You know. Yeah. Nice. All right, Glenn Robinson the third doubtful for uh, Philly. Mike Scott is out. Terrence Ferguson out for Oklahoma City. Marco Bellinelli might see his first action in the bubble. He's probable for the Spurs. Bryn Forbes remains out. And then we have the the trio from Denver that it's not looking good. Barton and Harris already ruled out. Murray is listed as questionable 50-50, but he's been having a lot of problems uh, with a tight right hamstring. So I would not be surprised if he sits again as well. Uh, Royce O'Neal is confirmed in. He was uh, listed as questionable earlier with a sore foot, but he is confirmed and he is starting for the Jazz. 
Dennis Schroeder has left the bubble to go home uh, for the birth of his child. So he'll be out uh, for a little bit of time and then he'll return. So congratulations to the Schroeder family. Uh, terrible news with Jonathan Isaac. I mean, did you see that injury, man? It was rough. Oh, that was, yeah, that was tough to watch. Yeah. And I think it was really watch. tough for the players too. Yeah. When someone's knee just buckles on, on them like that. Oh, that's rough. Disgusting. I mean, I've yeah. had, I had that happen to me my sophomore year in college. And I, you know, whenever I see something turn like that, cause I tore three of the four ligaments in both meniscus all in one shot. So I know that feeling and I see that and it just makes me sick to my stomach. But the sad thing is for Isaac, he's just such an up-and-coming, fantastic player. And now he's going to miss the rest of this year and probably a good portion of next year, if not all of next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, same thing with Triple J as well. He, for the uh, for the Grizz, he was tearing it up. So, yeah, it's just sad to see those uh, young, talented guys to go down like that. So It really is. I think Triple J will be fine for the December start for next season, though. Meniscus, yeah. you can make it back. But when it's a serious... ACL like Isaac, that that takes nine to twelve months a lot of times at this point if you want to be a hundred percent. So, yeah, it's tough to see those. All right, uh, confirmed in Wes Wundu who might pick up a few of those minutes for Orlando. Uh, Raul Neto is back as a backup point guard uh, for Philly. Joel Embiid is ruled in with no limitations for tomorrow, which is important. Uh, Rodinus Kuruks, who played decent today, uh, is in for Brooklyn. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is in for the Lakers. He's been starting. Uh, Abdel Nader is confirmed in. He hasn't played yet, so he'll get a few minutes off the bench there, split up those Oklahoma City minutes even more. Uh, Tremont Waters for Boston is confirmed in. I don't know if he'll get in the game, though, now that uh, you know, they've got a lot of their guys healthy and they'll have arrested Marcus Smart, who filed out real early today. We know Justice Winslow is out for the year. Thomas Bryant is confirmed in. He's been fantastic in the bubble, really stepped his game out, up. Okay. Trey Lyles is out for the entire bubble. Uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, is in tomorrow as is Darius Baisley from the Thunder. Like I said, most of their bench is back. We already have the old news on Rondo with the broken wrist out. Prince is not there for Brooklyn. Uh, Dewan Hernandez for Toronto is confirmed in. He may get a little time off the bench. We know Fred Van Vliet is doing great. He's in. There was a little question uh, with his shoulder, but he is playing tomorrow. And guys, you know, there's some guys here that we know have been out. Dinwiddie won't be there. Beal won't be there. Brandon Clark is confirmed in, and he's going to have a much bigger role with Triple J out. That's a guy to put a circle around. I would imagine he'll be chalky tomorrow. Jakob Pertl is in. Uh, he was uh, dinged with his knee a little bit, but he's playing tomorrow. Ben Simmons is in. Uh, he had a disaster game the other day, just was horrible foul trouble the whole nine yards uh and after that we just have a lot of the other guys that have been ruled out for some time that are not at the bubble big names but they're not there but we know what we have to work with so that is the main deal my man to give us a good feel and again with this new world that we're in uh you know we need to go over that stuff every day because it's ever changing. Like, look at the Nets. You know, the Nets are a perfect example. You know, I had mentioned it prior to on the preview show. They don't want to make the playoffs by any stretch. Not that they, you know, that, that they can uh, fall far enough for Washington to beat them out. But they're trying to get out of there so they don't lose their lottery pick to Minnesota. Uh, so that that whole scenario is crazy. So they had guys that didn't make it there and then uh a bunch of guys that didn't play they deactivated yes you know for today's game which uh, when you listen to this will be yesterday's game uh but there was no jared allen you know there was there mm. was no uh lavert none of their main players uh were there uh you know the, the shooter joe harris nobody so uh we'll see how it goes tomorrow what, you who's think gonna they're playing step up 
you think their players miraculously, you know, they were stepping off the sidewalk and, you know, pull the hammy or something uh, out of nowhere. You know, it's like the, these injuries come out of nowhere. Like, sorry, all our all our good players can't play anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, like I guess tanking. somebody tripped off the curb and bumped into like three other guys and they all all took a spill but, at the same time. But then they beat the Bucks, you know, the G, their G League team basically beat the Bucks. So they did. <laughs> Although the Bucks fun. tanked at the end too, they put their subs in because oh, yeah. they're they're already cinched as well. So you know, it, these games are hard to pick and hard to to handicap and figure out. But now that we've got all these other twists, who's you know, we're we're halfway through the eight games regular season that's left, but you do have teams that are locked in a spot. So. You know, my question to you, Shane, is this. Are teams going to rest players like Milwaukee did yesterday at the end of this game? Or because it's only eight games, are they going to try to get their team into a rhythm? You know, another team is the Lakers. Same example. They're locked to be number one. Does LeBron and AD get their normal run? You think they'll cut that up? What do you think is going to happen? Well, they they uh, interviewed the Lakers coach and he said that they are planning on they got a back to back tonight, uh, to, you know, tonight, tomorrow. And they are planning on playing LeBron and A.D. their their normal allotment of minutes. So. So, yeah, right now, the plan is that they need to get that rhythm back, that that chemistry and the rhythm back. If they're going to go on the championship run like they know they can, uh, you can't just go from point A to Z that quick. I mean, this is. This layoff has been longer than a regular NBA offseason. It was like four and a half months. So you can't just go that quick. You're in a a weird environment in the bubble and get your team, the chemistry and everything down that quick. So that's why I think they have to play. And there'll be the occasional game like the, you know, the Milwaukee, you know, Brooklyn game where it just so happened they knew all the Brooklyn players would be out. So they're like, okay, this is a night we can rest, you know, onto the Kumpo and Middleton and those guys and Brooke Lopez. But for the most part, I don't. I think teams are going to be playing their guys. But you have yeah. to look at it case by case because you do have to be careful there. Yeah, and I mean that totally changes the slate. But I'm with you. I mean, you know, if I'm coaching and I have to get my team ready for a deep playoff run and they haven't played ball, let alone played together in four-plus months, I'm going to play these guys to get in rhythm and get together. But, you know, it's the different philosophies. I've heard Vogel from the Lakers say that as well. So I do think the Lakers will play their guys, as will several teams. However, Coach Bud and and Milwaukee's theory is keep people fresh. You know, they did it before the the shutdown, and and it seems like they're doing it again now. So, Well, I'd say they better be careful because there's some teams in the East if they start clicking, you know. There, there's about four or five teams in the East that could contend with them right now. If you're looking at, uh, you know, Philadelphia, you got the Boston Celtics, you got Miami, you got Toronto. Uh, all those teams are re- are really solid and can contend with them. So if they if they uh, are are not careful and not in a good rhythm, they can get taken out. You know, there's no the doubt. East. I'll tell you, if I had to put 20 bucks on who's going to win the East right now, I think Toronto's playing better than anybody. Yeah. I mean, if, if they stay healthy, man, they're a monster. They're playing great ball. And, yeah. you know, never question the heart of a champion. Famous words from old Rudy T with the Rockets. They had the throwback jerseys on tonight. So I was thinking about the old, you know, late 80s, early 90s with some of those uh, Drexler and Elijah teams in the 90s. So anyway, let's attack this slate. There's going to be, again, all those different elements that we have to consider in this whole mix, and we will do that. That's why we're here for you guys, for sure. All right, game one, and we don't have all the lines up, just to warn you, ahead of time. We have three lines so far. They'll uh, pop up in the morning. But the very first game on the slate is... The Memphis Grizzlies at the Utah Jazz, and that is a 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central game. Uh, Certainly the Grizzlies are fighting for their lives to try to stay in the mix here. Uh, Utah's also uh, sort of bantering in the the middle seating there to see who they're going to play. So uh, that is one of the games that is not posted yes it is here it is it's it's up both the line and the over under 
So this will help us a little bit. We've got the Jazz minus four and a half, the over-under a decent 224 and a half, which is a pretty good number for a Utah game for sure. Uh, what is your take on this game? Uh, who do you think is the standout players that we can uh, we can roster? Uh, this is pretty much game one. This is one of my favorite games on the slate. Uh, some okay. of these earlier games have been a little slower paced or we haven't liked. But uh, if you look at Memphis, one of the faster paced teams in the league, got a lot of young stars. They just recently had a few injuries. So you can capitalize on injury replacement type players and the couple stars that they have there. So I like their fast pace. And then we've also talked about how Utah has recently picked up the pace. They've also had some injury replacements and switched up their, their rotation a little bit, but they picked up their pace. And even though they're traditionally a slower pace game. So I think this is a pace up spot for Utah, even though they've already been pacing up and Memphis is already fast paced. Um, and I think that uh, both teams are kind of middling in terms of defense so nothing, there's no scary matchups here or anything like that on defense either. So I really like it. So on the Memphis side, I mean, you can, uh, I, I really like John Moran. I've been playing him quite a bit in this restart. Um, and I just think I like his attitude. He just kind of just he just goes at people. He, he doesn't care. He's aggressive. And I think in this fast paced matchup, uh, you know, Utah doesn't have the same type of guys you know they used to. They've, they've lost a few guys here and there. So. I'm not too scared about him, even though Utah is traditionally a good defensive team. I like John Morant here. He's 7,500 on FanDuel. I probably like him better on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings. Again, DraftKings prices players up. He's 8,000. Um, if you're looking for uh, some value guys, though, I mean, Brandon Clark is going to be super chalky, but it might be a situation where you have to eat the chalk because with Jared Jackson Jr. out, Brandon Clark is not priced up yet. He's only 4,900 on DK or on FanDuel and 4,600 on DK. So you have to pretty much take the discount and run with it. He's going to get good value. I don't think he'll have an issue getting close to seven to eight times value there. Uh, so you can almost have to eat the chalk there. Um, if you're looking for another value guy, I do like Kyle Anderson. I know he's kind of iffy with shooting, but if he can score a little bit, he can get some of those peripheral stats. And I think he's going to get a little bit more minutes with Jaron Jackson Jr. out the way the rotation is. So I like Kyle Anderson. Uh, to, if he looks to score a little bit more, uh, he's only $4,000 on FanDuel and $4,300 on DK. And then I like Jonas Val- Valanciunas because I feel like he's going to have to, he's going to get a lot of usage with Jaron Jackson out. I think he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to score. He's going to be in there battling with Gobert, who's Gobert, who's a good center. But I feel like Valanciunas is going to get a lot of rebounds and a lot of stats here. And he's $7,200 on uh, FanDuel, $7,400 on DraftKings. So that's kind of where I'm looking for Memphis, uh, and then Utah, you know, Mike Conley's been playing great since the restart, and his price is gradually creeping up, but he's, it's not too bad. It's 6200 on FanDuel, and he's actually reasonable on DraftKings at 5800 uh, And then Donovan Mitchell, I think, is with this pace-up game, is a good play as well at 7300 uh, FanDuel and about the same 7500 DraftKings. And then you can also look at guys like Royce O'Neal. He's around 4900 he gets a lot of stats and still scores. And then Gorbert, I like in this game as well. Um, not that you can, you probably aren't going to play both centers, but you could on, on DraftKings. Uh, so I kind of like all those players. I think it's a pace-up game, and I will be targeting quite a few different plays in this game. I don't know if you're going to feel the same or not there, but that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Yeah, no, I to be honest with you, I, I'm on a, a different page with this game. I, I, I don't like some of the matchups. I, I'm going to mainly fade it out. Uh, maybe a one-off from each side, but, you know, here's my theory on this game. You know, you've got uh, a strong up-and-coming player in John Morant, and he's certainly a playable commodity and fun to watch, but his price is now increased to the point on both sites where I just see that it's priced him out, and he gets Mike Connolly defense, who's always been a, a, a strong defender, you know, he has lost a half a step uh, for sure, but, you know, he still can hold his own there. So I'm, a, you know, a little worried there. Uh, as far as Joval goes, you know, having to match up against Rudy Gobert is is a monster task. And Joval has a tendency to get in foul trouble when he plays against other big prominent centers, you know, of size. And I think that matchup is not the best matchup for him. But I don't like Gobert either because I think Valachunas will lay a body on him. 
and get physical. The only the only problem is if Valachunas does get in foul trouble and they have to go deeper into that bench, uh, that could be a little bit of an issue. But uh, I'm with you on the Brandon Clark take, though. I think just, yeah. you know, smile and eat the chalk and be done with it because the price he is on both sites, 100% playable in all cash and GPP options at that price. His usage is going to shoot through the sky. You know, whenever Valachunas or Triple J were out uh, before the shutdown, uh, Clark's uh, minutes, usage, everything uh, skyrockets. So I think that uh, just, you know, you got to put him in there. Uh, you know, the other guy that, that uh, I'm not on in this game at all is Donovan Mitchell. He gets Brooks defense, and I'll tell you what, that dude gets after it. He gets up in your skin, and Mitchell, as good as he is, does not move well without the ball. He's not good at creating space. He doesn't run off screens. I mean, if he if he moved like a J.J. Redick without the ball, coming off curl screens, constantly cutting and moving, he'd be unbelievable. But he gets a little lazy. Uh, you know, he likes to bring the ball up now. And, you know, it's just I don't think that Brooks guarding him is going to be a good matchup for him. So for me, uh, it's going to be strange because there are – points to be had on both sides of the ball here and you could make a good case for a lot of people but it you know it's mainly going to be Clark and the only other guy I'm considering right now for the Jazz and I've been on him a few times already is Jordan Clarkson his role has increased the most with uh with Bogdanovich being out for the season not being at the bubble now you know, I know Andrews had a lot of great success with Royce O'Neal, and I think Royce O'Neal's not a bad play either because his price is still good and the guy's playing really well. But Clarkson seems, Clarkson seems to be getting a little bit more run. And, you know, if you watch him, that, that dude's trigger happy. He's going to let the ball fly. Uh, and if he's hot, you know, he'll get some steals and get some action there. So I'm going to be more value hunting in this first game and then uh, try to pay up a, a little bit later. So uh, anything else on that one? No, I think that that's a you know, the good point. I think it's – that's uh, – I mean, that's kind of my initial gut here is, but I think that the, I like the pace of this game. If Utah does play at a quicker pace, I think that even though traditionally those players are good at defense, I don't know that they're that focused on their, their defense right now. I think it's just going to be like – I'm hoping it's a high score and more shootout here. But, yeah, like what you're saying, it's maybe uh, making me more hesitate, you know, not that I'm going to stack it, but uh, but I do like some exposure to this game here. So, All right, man, let's yeah. go to game two. We've got a 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 3 Central start. Uh, this game should be interesting. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers uh, against the Washington Wizards, and we know – the Wizards' woes dead last in team defense in the league. Uh, Sixers had to fight hard to get their first win the other day, uh, but they got it. So this this game has a lot of intrigue. Uh, let's see if mybookie.ag has this one up. They do. Okay, we got the Wizards, a big fat 10.5-point favorite, and the over-under in this game is all the way up at 231 because the Wizards, are their games are always high. So give us a breakdown here, buddy. Sixers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Sixers, uh, big favorites here. Uh, So obviously they have all kinds of players that are great. Uh, Tobias Harris has been great. He's been playing great. He's in an awesome matchup. I mean, obviously team efficiency, defense efficiency-wise, Washington's one of the best matchups you can get. Uh, So you like Tobias. Yeah, the best. I mean, you love Tobias Harris. You love Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, this is a good bounce back spot for him. And even Shake Milton is pretty affordable and he's looking a little better. My issue is I'm not convinced that these guys are even going to play a whole game. I feel like they're going to blow out the Wizards because the Wizards just, I don't think, have enough to keep up with them. So I feel like, okay, can you get value in three quarters? It's kind of like when the Milwaukee Bucks just roll teams in like three quarters. So I don't like the upside here, uh, the chance for it to actually be competitive in the fourth quarter, uh, 10.5-point favorites here. So I don't I don't really like that. You can take uh, on FanDuel, I would say Tobias Harris is almost too cheap at 6,900. Look at the discrepancy here, 6,900. On FanDuel, 8600 on DraftKings. So so he's almost too cheap. So I would take a look at him. But 
Yeah, Embiid is ninety five hundred on FanDuel. First time, one of the first times he's below ten thousand. That's always good, right? But I'm not convinced that Embiid's going to play that many minutes. You know, uh, I feel like it's just going to be a blowout, and I don't really want to pay up for Simmons, even though I think he's in a bounce back spot. But I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. Shake Milton, you can take a look at him. He's only forty three hundred on D, on FanDuel and fifty four hundred on. DK, but overall, I'm not wanting a lot of exposure to this game because I'm I'm really concerned about the blowout here. Um, and then also with uh, Bryant on the other side has been excellent, but I don't really like him having to play at least half the game or the majority of the game against Embiid in terms of getting into foul trouble and trying to compete with him. And, and you know, he's got to deal with like Horford as well. Uh, so I'm not really looking to get a lot of exposure because of those reasons. I'm really worried about the blowout. Are, are you as concerned as me about the blowout? Or are you just saying these guys are going to smash? So just play them. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I don't like the game. It, it just smells funny to me. I, I agree with you. I think Washington has just played really good ball for them. I think they came in loose with nothing to lose and they threw some really good games together. But you know what? You know, that always comes to a halt pretty quickly <laughs> when you're just so outmanned. And they are. I mean, they do have some guys playing terrific ball, but I hate this matchup for them. I agree with you 100%. I think it could blow out. I know Philly doesn't want to overextend their top players. So, you know, here's the amazing thing, uh, Shane. The second sixth and seventh so three of the top seven highest salaried guys at any position in all of DraftKings are Joel Embiid at 10-4 Ben Simmons at 8-7 and Harris at 8-6 three of the top seven so I'm not playing any of them uh you know I just I don't I I agree with you are they going to get the full extended run they did in the last game Shake Milton hit a desperation three right in the eye hole there to win by one but you know an undermanned Washington team that's been playing their heart out uh you know is just too scary for me you know I think they'll rotate more as well I know Hashimura has been good you know the, the the point guard position is just split all up between Ish and and uh you know, all their guys are just playing minutes. And I, I just I don't think they can can, uh, you know, belly up to the bar for another big, big performance like that. And I think Philly uses the depth of their bench. They have a lot of guys that, uh, you know, are looking for minutes and that they're going to have to get conditioned for the playoffs, uh, you know, for when they have foul trouble and injuries and things like that. So, you know, it's it, it's a pa- a quick pass for me. I think this game is going to get a ton of ownership because everybody stacks against the Wizards, and I get that. They can't play defense. If Joel, if you told me Joel Embiid was going to play 32 minutes, he'd be the first guy on my roster because I don't think they can stop him. But I just don't think between that and the fact that you know Harris is getting his and Simmons is going to want to bounce back a little bit, I just don't see any of them justifying their price. Um so, yeah. yeah. Coach, so, let me ask you. Let me yeah. ask you about another player here that could be interesting. Troy Brown. Yeah. He's uh, 5,900 on uh, Fanduel here. So I mean, if he gets the full allotment of minutes for uh, for Washington, he could be interested. Interesting, and you know, he might be going up against a lot of the backups for Philadelphia. So I just want to get your opinion. What do you think? You know, Troy Brown has stepped up. He's one of the guys with Bryant and you know a few of the other players uh, that can do well. The only problem with Troy Brown is he, he can just as easily throw a 10-point fantasy league or fantasy uh, score on the board. So I just don't trust it. You know, it's, I, he's I, interesting that the last two games he's had eight assists, though. You know. Yeah. No, he's yeah, played fantastic ball, and yeah. he's logged good minutes, and I think he's tempting. But, you know, some of the, the backups uh, for Philly are pretty good and play some good defense. So, I don't think it's just automatic, and I think if it's a blowout because he's played so hard, I think he could get a rest. So, you know, I, you could make a case for Hashimura, certainly for Bryant. He's played over his head and, uh, you know, and Brown, but I just I don't think you need to go there on a slate that's got this many good players, and I don't want to, you know, spend a third or, or half my salary trying to, you know, jam Philadelphia guys in. So, I'm with you, man. I am 100% 
going to pass this this uh, game. So I'll be sitting there after two games crying in my uh, towel here because I mean, I'll be in close to last because I'm not going to have anybody rostered yet. But yeah. you know what? It's okay. You, can, you know, it makes it better when you make the big run late. So uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. I think that's a yeah. That game is a, a dangerous game, and ho- hopefully people do stack Philadelphia, and I it does turn will. into a blowout. I I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great great you know move for us if we can survive that game with fading it, where nobody really goes off. That's going to be a monster advantage for us. Yeah, no question. All right, man. Game three, we've got the same time as the Sixers Wizards game, four Eastern, three Central. It is the Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Nuggets playing pretty good ball, but they're just decimated in their backcourt with injuries. Spurs almost went 3-0. and uh, They're 2-1, and just lost at the end of the last one. Uh, but they're definitely playing better ball. Uh, how do you see this one panning out? Well, it's a little bit more of a slower-paced game, you know, defensive game. So that makes you a little bit nervous. Uh, but because of the injuries on the Denver side, you're not quite as worried about their perimeter defense here. And they do have a lot of young stars. So on the San Antonio side, you know, DeRozan's pretty expensive. He's 8,000, FanDuel, 8,300 DraftKings. But I think he could actually have a good game as their primary scorer and do a little bit of everything against Denver, being that they are a little shorthanded on the perimeter. Uh, so I think DeRozan could have a good game. I like uh, DeJounte Murray. He's 6,500, thought he's a pretty good value on FanDuel, and he's only 6,000 on DK. So I think DeJounte Murray, being that this should be a competitive game, uh, Denver's favored currently by five. So it should be fairly competitive. So I like those guys on on the Spurs. And then for Denver, as long as uh, Jamal Murray's still out, and Monte Morris has been playing great uh, starting at guard there. He's 4,500 on DK. His price hasn't really went up much, and he's 5,100 on uh, – or 4,500 4, FanDuel, 5,100 DK. Um, and then the other interesting thing is, uh, you know, do you do you play Michael Porter Jr.? Is he due for a letdown after he just had his huge breakout game? Um, that's going to be a tough call here, but he's 5,500 on FanDuel and 6,200 DraftKings. So he's he's still pretty cheap, and he just had a huge breakout, and he should be getting good minutes because of the injuries. Um, and then the other question, do you go do you go Jokish here? Uh, because he's uh, 9,100 on FanDuel is pretty good. Uh, obviously, he's probably a better play than Embiid, being that he probably will play most of the game. And the Spurs are pretty good on defense, but they don't have – you know, LaMarcus Aldridge or anything like that. So they're not that imposing. They're, they're normally pretty good, but I think Jokic is the type of player that can exploit them. Uh, and then you have other value guys like Paul Millsap. If you think he's going to get some some minutes here, he's actually a pretty good play at 4,800 on FanDuel as well. So, so those are a couple of the guys that I'm looking at here. And uh, I think as we get into more, even more research tomorrow, I'll be trying to narrow down which ones I like here. What, what about you? What are you thinking for this game? Well, you know, I think this game could be, you know, pretty uh, a pretty critical game as far as having a couple of of the key guys here. Um, you know, with Denver having their their backcourt majority of them out, and you know, uh, Gary Harris is a terrific defender. You know, Will Barton is very athletic as well. I think that opens it up a little bit for the Spurs uh, backcourt. Now, the difficulty is, you know, they're deep and Pop likes to rotate guys and they have had Murray and White playing a lot together. And they actually played DeRozan at uh, the three and the four uh, in the last game. So he's been going very small and quick. But, man, this is not the team to really do that against. And, And I think he may still try it a bit. But, you know, when you're rolling the Joker out there. And some other big fellas like Porter and Millsap and uh, Jeremy Grant. I mean, those are some big fellas. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure if, if uh, you know, they're going to be able to match up inside. And I think the Spurs, you know, they have actually had a defensive woes this year. They were ranked 26th or 27th uh, throughout uh, the most of the, the season to this point before the shutdown and yet they've stepped it up a little bit uh in the bubble but they still are very susceptible inside i don't think 
Pirtle's going to be able to handle handle the Joker at all. Uh, the Joker looks great, man. He lost a good 25 pounds. I came back to the bubble in shape, and I'm going to pay up for him here. I know he had a couple of good games in a row, but I don't see why he wouldn't have uh, a great one here. He's one of my favorite pay-up guys on the slate. Uh, after Pirtle, they have uh, you know just a couple of different guys that come in that, that Drew Eubanks uh, will have to guard him after that. And I just think he eats those guys alive. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw the podcast the other day where I was just pleading with uh, Andrew to to believe in Michael Porter Jr. I don't know if you caught yeah. any of that. No, <laughs> I, I actually missed that one. But oh, I you did. Good, yeah, but, good. Yeah. I was but, just gonna say because I just I kept telling him you got to play Porter. He's about to break out. You know, I and he's a good kid, good character. I, I thought it was the other way around, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mr. Mr. Andrew had had it, uh, Porter in one of his lineups. So <laughs> I just just yeah. kidding, but I'm That's owning up to you know my. Of course, I I did trash him. I admit that, and <laughs> I believe he may have listened to the podcast because he came out and had his breakout career game so far. So more power to him, but. You know, I don't I'm not going to say not to play him because, you know, he's going to play a, a predominant role. He started and, uh, you know, he's an option. He's certainly an option on this slate. So wouldn't that be funny if, if I went turncoat and played Porter right after trash and him 48 hours ago. But anyway, I do love uh, I do love the Joker here. I think uh, he's a strong play. I think uh, Morris isn't a bad play uh, in this game, but my concern is this. DeJounte Murray and Derek White can both uh, defend, and one of them will be in the game most of the time and probably guarding him. So I'm not as high on him. I think he'll get a lot of ownership again like he did last time. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's mainly uh, the the Joker. I don't want to mess with Millsap. He's a little overpriced for what he'll give you uh, on the Spurs side, though, like I said, this is a key game for me and I am going to pay up. I do like DeMar DeRozan. I think uh, he's just so clutch, man. He hits every big shot and he's playing, uh, having to play a three, four, like I said, which is unusual. He's a two basically or three, but you know, he's getting more rebounds and assists and he's so clutch getting fouled a lot, and the Spurs rotation defensively isn't the same with all those backcourt injuries. So I'm going to lay out a few shillings in this game and and go with uh, the Joker and DeRozan uh, bumpering on both sides and may dig in to find uh, a a value play of of some sort also with uh, possibly, uh, not, not for sure, but, you know, possibly a Porter on on the Denver side and maybe a Murray on the Spurs side. So that's what yeah, I've got. With, the, with those point guards, it's like, is this a white game or a Murray game? You know, Murray's probably a little bit more talented. And yeah, by I feel like this is uh this is Murray time for this game. It's it seems like those guys alternate, you know. Uh so I'm looking for, you know, forty point plus upside for for Murray in this game. The only concern is you gotta remember Bellinelli's back. He gets a little bit of that action and you know, uh, Patty Mills, they've got guys where they can rotate people in. So I'm a little worried, but uh, certainly something to consider. All right, man, we go on to game four. It is a uh, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central game. Uh, The Thunder and the Lakers, uh, this game could be a really good one. Uh, There are definitely some strong plays on both sides. Uh, I'm checking mybookie.ag. Nope, they did not have the last two, so they will have one more lineup. So check that uh, tomorrow for sure. All right, so you believe these Lakers are going to play, or are you going to roster them? Yeah, I think this is a LeBron night, you know. So if you're paying up for some of these other guys like Jokic, you know, the question is, is how is it going to look for roster construction? Can you afford them? Is there going to be enough value? But I do feel like LeBron is due – I know his price was up there around 11,000 to start the start the restart. His prices came down to 10,100 on FanDuel, and I feel like this is a prime spot for LeBron, and he's ready to go. 
you know, he's got his couple tune-up games, and I think he's due for a monster game here. So I do like LeBron probably a little bit better than AD, but, of course, I like AD as well. He's 10500 on FanDuel. He's 10300 on DraftKings. So so I do really like those uh, the main Laker guys there. It's just a matter if you can fit them into your lineup construction here. And I also like Chris Paul. I know he's kind of a, more of a cash game play. He doesn't always have a high upside, but Chris Paul's getting – around 40 minutes, uh, you know, and now Schroeder's out. So Chris Paul's going to have to play a lot of minutes and the guy just produces, you know, he's a solid player. So he's 7,300 on FanDuel, 79 on DK. And I, so I like him. And then uh, of course I like uh, Shea uh, Gildas Alexander is 6,900 on FanDuel, 67 DraftKings. I like Alexander as well with Schroeder out. I feel like he's going to get more usage you know, maybe a little bit more playing time. Uh, so I think he's going to be in the mix there as well, even though the Lakers are a pretty good defensive team. Uh, this would be a little bit of a pace up team uh, game for Oklahoma City. Uh, so those are probably the main core plays that I like here. Um, and it's just a matter if you can fit LeBron in there. But I think it is a LeBron night. You know, it's kind of that narrative, but I think it's statistically true that he always plays good when he's playing on ESPN. So this is like a primetime game, 630 on ESPN. And I, I feel like this is going to be his bubble breakout here. So Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm really proud, by the way, of the fact, not bragging, but the night before last, uh, Anthony Davis was my play of the slate, and man, was he awesome. I'm telling you, yeah. you know, that dude just took over from the first tip, and he was spectacular. Um, so big shout-out to Davis for making me look good there. But, um, you know, this is an interesting game. I think that there's a, a decent narrative here. I think uh, Chris Paul and LeBron are really close friends. And they seem to raise the level of their games when they play against each other. If you statistically look at uh, the games where they've suited it up, uh, they do raise, like I say, the level of their game when they're competing. You know, the big thing is Avery Bradley's not in the bubble with the Lakers. And that changes their entire defensive uh, composition. I mean, when you put out Bradley with Danny Green, you have two of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league. And I believe Danny Green will probably go on Shea, and therefore I'm going to uh, fade Shea in this spot. But I think Chris Paul will get a much better matchup. And I agree with you, with, with Schroeder being out, he may garner an extra seven, eight minutes uh, of time. So um, I like Chris Paul in this game. I think he's a little overpriced. I'm not thrilled with that. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though. I also like LeBron. I think He'll get a decent run here. I don't think this game blows out. Uh, I think that it'll be competitive. Um, and, you know, I just think LeBron will better AD's numbers in this one. Just, you know, like you say, because they're sort of go back and forth a little bit with with having big games. And plus, uh, you know, I don't think there's a good matchup for LeBron. Uh, they'll probably put Gallinari on him uh, uh, or, or, you know, Bring one of the young dudes. Uh, Dort actually will probably start on him, uh, and then they'll bring Baisley in. But Dort's not a bad defender. But you know, when you got a young guy like that, LeBron usually can expose them just on experience alone. So uh, I'm with you on the LeBron bandwagon. Um, it's a little pricey. You know, if I'm going the Joker, DeRozan, and LeBron as a core, uh, you know, I got to start finding a little bit of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, bargains. So uh, I'm not positive on the LeBron play. Uh, I, I do really like the, the Chris Paul play. As far as any of the, I don't want to force any of the other fellas in. I mean, I forced Kuzma in the other day and he was just pathetic. He just yeah. ran around like he didn't know what he was doing out there. And, uh, you know, if you if you have the courage to, to roster either McGee or Howard, God bless you, because I don't have the stones to do it. If you can figure that one out, then you are a lot smarter than me, because none of none of determining which one of those guys is going to do anything makes uh, a, any sense. And I don't want Stephen Adams, be, because, again, I do think the, the two-headed monster of McGee and, and Howard defensively being fresh uh, is not going to be real conducive to Adams doing uh, a whole lot. So... Uh, really just the main players that we mentioned and 
not going to, you know, force any value in in this particular game. I think, you know, I don't think the over-under is going to be high. I think this will be the lowest over-under on the board. Uh, Lakers are terrific defensively, and uh, the Thunder does not play at a fast pace. And with Schroeder out, they even play a little bit slower. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not real high on this game. I think a couple of key plays, and then uh, we move on. Okay, sounds good. All right, we got the 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central game. The Toronto Raptors, who have looked fantastic against the Orlando Magic, who have not played bad ball either. Uh, they lose Isaac, and uh, this should be an interesting game. Um, how do you see this one playing out? You know, it's uh, Orlando is on a back-to-back, so that's good. I think that's good for Toronto. Toronto here, we're looking at uh, early early projections for early over-unders, 224.5 Toronto's five-point favorite from uh, what I've seen. Uh, it's it's a little hard because uh, they're both pretty good defensive teams. Uh, Toronto's a little bit faster paced, but not a real fast pace either. So so I'm I'm kind of uh, not liking a lot of exposure to this game. I think uh, Lowry's been playing great, but he's pretty expensive. He's 7,900 on FanDuel. Um, Siakam is not, he's not bad. He's the same price, 7,900. So I could see Siakam having a good game here. He's kind of a high energy player playing Orlando coming off a of back-to-back. Uh, I think Aaron Gordon's still probably too cheap. If, if we feel like we can trust him getting minutes again, he finally got minutes, you know, for yesterday's, yesterday's game. He's 6,100 on FanDuel. I wouldn't do DraftKings at 7,200 though. Um, so I, so I, I like Aaron Gordon here, obviously with all their injuries they have, you know, someone's got to do it. Uh, someone's got to score for him. Uh, and I kind of like Siakam, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay up for him and I'm not willing to really pay up for Lowry either. So that's why, so that's why I'm kind of uh, not getting a lot of exposure to this game as of right now, unless something changes here. And I guess maybe you can come up with a couple good plays here that I'm not thinking of. Cause that's what I'm looking for here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, you know, this game to me, it's going to be dependent. If if I don't roster LeBron, which I'd say I'm 50-50 at best, the guy that I really, really want is Pascal Siakam. I, here's the reason. If Jonathan Isaac was playing, he is a level one defender, and he would have, I think, been able to handle Siakam uh, fairly well. But with without Isaac, they have a gaping hole defending that position. And Siakam's a stud, man. He is a doggone stud. So I, I really love Siakam in this game. I think, you know, if if uh, he may make my cash and GPP lineups, but he's going to make some lineups for sure. Um, and I think he's the best play on that side. I also love Freddie Van Vliet. I mean, he never lets me down. The guy just is a machine out there. He's uh, cheaper, uh, substantially cheaper than than Lowry. I love Lowry as well, but that price tag is brutal. And, uh, you know, I, I have no problem if you do ro- want to roster Lowry, but I would lean more towards Van Vliet just because he's a little more affordable. Um, don't like anybody else uh, on on uh, the Toronto side, but I do have great interest in, in both of those guys, in Van Vliet and Siakam. On the Orlando side, um, I don't want to go Vuk here. I think Marc Gasol has a pretty good history of defending him. He's crafty. He'll lay a body on Vuk and make it tough. Um, you know, I, I think you, you certainly can look at a couple of the more value plays. I don't quite trust Gordon. I, I don't quite trust Fournier. So, I mean, I'm not big on, on rostering the Orlando guys uh, right now. I just think that they are utilizing their bench with – Guys, uh, you know, that MCW and different guys coming off the bench and Fultz is coming off the bench now. And they're all playing a role. They're going about eight, nine deep. And it just isn't conducive to rostering DFS, uh, you know, guys that are going to maximize minutes. So for me, I'm not uh, on the Orlando side, uh, but I do think, you know, I I see a a good path to, to rostering a couple of Raptors here. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Orlando is definitely one of those teams that it's hard to 
determine when you're going to hit on them. Uh, they're kind of like the Spurs, you know, they'll, they'll run that deep rotation out there. And, you know, I don't know if they really have much to play for at this point as well. So that's yeah. So that's the issue with some of these teams. They don't have much to play for. And it's like in this evaluation period, you know, so yeah. So it's a little worrisome. I just feel like if they are going to try to compete in this game, it's going to have to be with, you know, guys like Aaron Gordon scoring the ball. You know, that's a big if though. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if they can compete with Toronto if they're if they're playing all their guys. So yeah, so it, it, that's a tough one. But uh, but we do agree on the Siakam play, so that's good. The only red flag is here is Orlando doesn't play fast. They play a half court set and Toronto doesn't always look to run. They'll they'll get a lot of transition off their defense on steals and and turnovers, but they're not going to push the, the heck out of the ball. So this game, you know, could be an under type of game. So you don't want to load up too much if that pace, you know, this game could be, you know, 102, 100 kind of game, which doesn't really cut it when a lot of these games are going to be 130, 128 kind of games. So, uh, yeah, you know, buyer beware in that game a little bit, but I think there's just a couple standout Raptors that you have to consider. Okay, the last game on the slate, game six, nine o'clock, eight central. It is the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets, and God only knows what they're going to do. And the Boston Celtics, who I thought looked flat tonight. I thought Miami just outplayed them, and they did not look focused uh, to me, which is unusual. So if this is a really tough game, it could be a critical game uh, in determining – the slate, but you know, you've got a Nets team that we're, you know, we have to follow the news all the way up into lock to see who they're going to play. If they do bring all their regulars back, uh, you know, Karis LeVert's been my favorite player in the bubble from day one. I, you know, just from a usage standpoint, uh, Temple's been, or uh, Jared Allen has been terrific uh, also. So, you know, but you got to look at, at the guys that contributed today, too. Is is Timothy uh, Luau Cabarro going to step back up? Is he going to get the minutes? Uh, and, you know, same thing with Garrett Temple. So, you know, there are some Brooklyn players here that I'd like to roster. I just have to see how this is going to play out. And unfortunately, this isn't one that I can just say, OK, here's who I'm going to play or not play. This is one we have to follow the news. Not only is it the night game, nine, nine o'clock at night. But uh, I think this is going to be one of those scenarios, Shane, where I'm going to fill two or three spots tops uh, on my lineup. And there is late swap on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So it, it doesn't hurt if you want to put uh, Levert and, and Allen in there and then sit on them all day and see what the news transpires and you can, you know, before the real late games, you can flip them out and get them out of there and put in, you know, a, a Van Vliet or Siakam or whoever that's also a later game. So that's a strategy that you may want to think of because, you know, uh, it it also can be work the other direction, too. If they sit guys again and you can get some cheap uh, value guys in uh, like a Temple or Cabrero, uh you can go that route, too. So, you know, s- sit in that spot. You don't have to be locked in and you can swap out. That would be my best advice for the Nets. As far as the Celtics go, um, you know, again, they played a little flat today, but I know I would assume they're going to come out and play better tomorrow. We have to see what the news is on are they going to play uh, Kemba on a back to back when they have just nursed him along it was 50 minutes in the first game, 20 in the second, 26 tonight. So, you know, is he going to sit? If he sits, it does bring Marcus Smart directly into play. So if Kemba sits, Marcus Smart is a plug-and-play for me. Uh, again, this is a news game that's going to be super important to hear what, you know, what the uh, guys are going to do. You know, Boston's trying to get, you know, in a position to win and do well, but you know, they're not going to move a ton in the standings either. So, you know, we've got to make sure they're not going to be sitting any of their key players. So I would say don't be afraid to lock down like three of your eight spots on on DraftKings and 
and maybe three of your spots uh, on FanDuel, a little bit bigger roster for some of these guys in this game and then follow the news throughout the day. Does that make sense to you, man? Yeah, I think you just got to be able to have guys you can pivot to that are similar, you know, price value there. Like you said, if you're maybe looking at some of the uh, Toronto guys or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if, uh, you know, if Brooklyn is going to sit all their guys. Uh, it's hard to tell which guys they, they have because they're going to be on a back to back. I mean, they they may even play Garrett Temple less minutes, even though he's like their veteran guy. And they might say, well, we're just going to give you less minutes tonight. Let the more young guys play. So it's hard to trust him. I played we played Garrett Temple yesterday and he did great. And uh, uh, we were all over him. But I don't know if I like Garrett Temple on the back to back. I feel like they can just be like, oh, that's fine. We'll just play some more young guys and give Garrett a little bit of a break. So that's my concern with him, even though he's a great price and I like him. Yeah, we got to look and see, is Jared Allen playing? I'm not really, I don't think Levert's going to come back yet. I was thinking Jared Allen might come back, but I don't know. They don't really have any incentive to get any of these guys back. That's the problem. And then on the other side, what does Brad Stevens do? Does he say, well, we need to get our team up and running again after that loss to Miami. So we just need to play these guys and just, you know, and, and, and just smoke the Brooklyn Nets. Um, if that's the case, are they going to play the whole game? Or is he just going to sit them like Milwaukee did and let them play like 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes? Because uh, I, obviously I, I wouldn't mind playing, you know, Jason Tatum. And there's no one that can stop him, right? I mean, who's going to stop Jason Tatum from this, you know, basically G League roster if they don't play any of their guys? And then Jalen Brown's been pretty hot too, and even Gordon Hayward are affordable. So I would yeah. like to play those guys. So that's the tricky part of it is – but like you said, you could maybe play them and then swap to Siakam or Van Vliet, Van Vliet or something like that. So that's something that we're going to be, I guess, discussing tomorrow as we get into this. Uh, it is going to be difficult and it is going to depend on the news. Uh, but, yeah, overall, the game makes you very nervous, you know, and you, I guess you better have a plan if you're playing these guys, like you said. So I think that's good advice is have a plan or avoid it, I guess, is all we can say and watch the news closely. Well, I'm with you. And I think, you know, we have the answer to that. We're going to do all of that work. We'll be watching from after this podcast until game time tomorrow. We'll be watching all the news. We'll be looking for any piece of nugget that we can get from specifically this game because it could be very pivotal. So, again, if you're building early lineups, you know, use a couple of these guys so that you can have some spots we're going to give you the news throughout the day. Uh, we'll be in Discord with our members if you want to jump in, dfscoachtalk.com. We'd love to have you as a member. We have a great group of pros. Uh, follow us on Twitter throughout the day. That's where a lot of this news is going to break. We'll be posting and reposting and tweeting everything. We're at DFS Coach Talk. You can find all of us there. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, Shane is at DET Sports Shane. We have Andrew at Language Olympic and our man Freddie at Freddie Mills. That's D-D-I-E uh, 7, Freddie Mills 7. So check us out there on YouTube. Uh, certainly, if you're watching this now, uh, please subscribe and give us a thumbs up. All of that makes a big difference for us uh, as we're uh, rolling out these podcasts seven days a week. Instagram, DFS underscore Coach Talk, and again, DFSCoachTalk.com to check us out and jump aboard. A couple of other things real quickly. We want to thank our sponsors, MyBookie.ag and TVG.com. Some great offers uh, from both of them. Our charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk is MambaOn3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org fantastic charity set up by the Bryan family. And that is it, man. We've got six games under our belt. It's going to be a great schedule tomorrow. We've got some good pivotal decisions to make. And, you know, if you're working tomorrow or if you're tied up and you can't be glued to all this stuff, just follow us at DFS Coach Talk because we're going to do that work for you. Uh, We are working on this around the clock and follow that. If you can follow that, uh, entire process. I'm telling you, everybody that's doing it for us is winning, and that's watching that podcast, listening, and then following us on Twitter for the news, 
and then jumping in Discord 30 minutes before lock with us to lock down those lineups and the ever popular coach's clipboard. So any final words from Mr. Millie Maker himself, Mr. Number one out of 500,000 people? <laughs> what do you say, Shane? I would say it's going to be critical to look at the news and see if some value pops up uh, tomorrow morning or basically this morning as if we're recording this in the morning, early morning, just because uh, we're seeing some good plays that we need to pay up for. But there's not a, a lot of obvious value you know, outside of probably Brandon Clark. So the value plays, getting them right and not falling into the trap value, uh, you know, value plays, I think are going to be the key to this slate. That's my that's my take on this. So we're going to be all over that, finding those critical value plays that are going to hit value so we can get these big name guys that we think are really going to hit hit big, uh, you know, for today's slate. So come and join us. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com and uh, come and join us because we're, we're, we're going to go on a huge run here. We're watching more and more games. And as we watch more and more games, we get more and more knowledgeable, even though we're already knowledgeable. We're gaining more and more insight and gaining more in, of an edge all the time. So it's, it's a good time to join right now. It really is. Do me a favor and send Andrew a text and tell him to give this Michael Porter Jr. kid a try. You know, yeah, he just, exactly. He needs to show a little faith in this young man. You that, know what I'm gonna crit- that's going to be a critical part of this of this uh, of this slate, though. Do you play Michael Porter Jr. or do you fade? Or is that he a trap? Of- yeah, exactly. You fade that recency bias because he's going to be super high owned. I mean, he might be 50 percent owned or higher. I mean, so I don't know. I yeah. So that that's something that we're going to be talking about some, uh, as we get through the day here. So as we get closer to lock. So. No doubt about it, man. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I love it. I haven't done a podcast with you in a while, Shane, so it was a blast to to jump back on here. So hope everybody enjoys this and, uh, you know, shoot us a comment. Uh, listen to us also uh, everywhere podcasts can, can be found. You can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, you name it, we're on there. We do ask on iTunes, though, It's it, this is another important thing, five stars, you know, and, and give us a quick review, even a one-liner. We are going to start uh, something we had done prior, which is uh, anybody that gives us a five-star and makes a comment, we're going to do a drawing once a month for a month membership. So we are going to launch that uh, later this week. So get a big jump on that. So. Thank you, Shane. It's been a, a terrific podcast here. I think we, we brought some things to light that we need to follow tomorrow. Uh, we'll be posting those Vegas lines uh, on our Discord and uh, in Twitter because, you know, you got to follow sometimes the money and see where those over-unders land in Vegas and how these lines move because they usually get that information uh, before anybody else. So, We'll be following all of that for you, and we look forward to uh, connecting again tomorrow. Tomorrow's a doubleheader podcast day. We've got PGA, and a big major, the PGA Championship, is this week. And then we have our seven-day-a-week regular NBA podcast tomorrow. So doubleheader uh, tomorrow for us. We're excited about that, and uh, We'll take it from there. So thank you for uh, joining us and spending this time with us uh, for our entire DFS Coach Talk team and for Mr. Sugar Shane, multi-milli maker man here. I am Joe Sarvati, also known as Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.